episode number 186 i'm your host aditya and along with me i have abhishek good morning it's early in the morning we are back to our old days about i mean promising each other of getting up every day at 7:30 and finally doing it this time i think i was to blame a little more than you yeah. i think i have had my fair share of postponements or rescheduling uh, so it's all okay yes it is dera hai durust hai ghar ka bhula jab sham ko whatever that फ्रेजेस शाम को घर पे सुबह का सुबह का भूला जाता एवरी वन गॉट इट बाई नाउ येस एग्जैक्टली एंड दैट्स ऑल्सो समथिंग दैट इज हैपनिंग विथ द फॉर्मेशन ऑफ तेलंगाना एज अ स्टेट विच हैज बीन फाइनली क्लियर्ड बाय द कांग्रेस का वर्किंग कमिटी आई सी दिस बिकॉज बैक इन टू थाउजेंड एंड December 9th December 2009 when P Chidambaram was a home minister he had asked the process to be started only to recant after uh, did i use the word recant correctly i think so only did he recant or did the process recant no i think he recanted because of all the outreach that happened at that time hence he said nahi nahi abhi nahi abhi nahi time nahi barabar nahi however a week ago the cwc which is a congress working committee met and decided that telangana as a state would be formed out of andhra pradesh and india will now officially have 29 states well not yet so this is what has been cleared by the congress working committee which is basically the highest decision making body within the party first they coordinated with upa which is the other people in the coalition as well so upa will finally have to decide that is the government will finally now have to decide on whether or not to let this go and then a state will be created did you feel that this came out of the blue the next day's papers you read that all right they finally taken a decision because telangana's history the movement is is huge it's long but when the news came about in the papers it just came just like this there was a headline that's it absolutely this probably has something to do with the upcoming elections formation of telangana was something that was promised in the last election manifesto by congress and so now they are hurrying it up because to actually create a state it takes around 6 to 7 months and the actual process is basically to get assembly to pass a resolution seeking this formation of the state there itself they are going to be having a division in kitna members hota 294 member house because 175 members are from non telangana region and we all know that even there are several other states that want to split into smaller states so once that resolution is passed then it will move to the center where union cabinet will have to give its consent and this will be post resolution of all the you know economic issues that are going to arise after creation of a state so the cabinet has to consider all those things before giving its consent uske baad there is a step 3 which is basically a group of ministers will be constituted to work out the details like you know dividing revenue assets uh, liabilities then central ka funds to the new states kitna jana chahiye 
sharing of resources like water and power, actually demarcating boundaries, then splitting of administrative resources and all those sort of things, right? The sheer size makes it that much more difficult. Telangana has 35 million people. That is the size of a few small countries in Africa. And because of the history, we, I think we've spoken about all the the number of people who have set themselves on fire in the quest of getting this free state, they total up to more than 300 only in the last three years. Oh, yes. Will Hyderabad become part of Telangana now? So, te- Hyderabad is going to be the capital of Andhra Pradesh and Telangana for the next 10 years, during which a separate capital city will be decided for Telangana. The rumors are that Vishakhapatnam or, or Vijayawada. And apparently the real estate prices have shot up like this. <laughs> I think any news about real estate and it, it gets your antennas up. I mean, people need some real real estate prices need just some reason to shoot up, right? Yeah. So, no, no, no. I'm, it's just that when we go out on vacations, when you see a huge plot of land with trees, you say, man, this will be interesting to put a building here <laughs> or, a, or a nice township here. I said, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, I digressed. So apparently there is a long process and it takes around six to seven months to actually complete the process. And given when the elections are due, I think that is one of the reasons that it has been brought up right now. And by the way, you need president's consent also to the bill for final creation of this state. And it's interesting that Andhra was the first entity formed on linguistic basis. This happened in 1953. And it was created out of what was earlier called the Madras Presidency with Kurnool as the capital. Later it became Hyderabad. Because if you recall, so all these things were happening, right? And now that we have 29 states, this led us to think about, you know, how many of these states or these small princely states were there before, you know, it came down to 25 states. That is post-independence. And hence, we have gone in and done some research. The amount of work that actually went into creation of India after the freedom struggle was tremendous. There was a State Reorganization Act in 1956 that was actually created for the merger of Hyderabad State and Andhra State, which led to the creation of Andhra Pradesh on November 1st, 1956. However, before we get that, right, let's go way back into how India was found, basically. So you want to get started with the number of princely states, etc.? I've been reading a couple of accounts on the number of princely states. One says that according to one imperial gazetteer of India that was published in 1909, it lists 693 princely states and that includes Nepal and a few states in Burma. And then there, is this, there are these other records of 575 odd princely states which, which had to be merged together to form all the 25 states. So what's a princely state, first of all? Oh, a princely state is a land of body governed under the British rule with, with uh, puppet-like powers to the prince who r- rules it. A, a nominally sovereign entity of British India during British Raj that was not directly governed by British but rather by an Indian ruler under the formation of indirect rule subject to subsidiary alliance and suzerainty and paramountcy of the British crown. Now what did I say? I use the word puppet, which pretty much is what we were taught when we were in school. Yeah. You know, they had some brilliant names as well. Nawab, Maharaja, Raja, Inamdar, Thakur, Badshah. 
So they had some brilliant titles to them, but yet they were pretty much under the rule of the British Raj. And there was actually a difference between a Nawab and a Maharaja. It basically depends on how big your state is. And you were called anything but a king because the king is the England king, right? So you can't be a king. They weren't even called your majesty, because that is for the king. They were called Rajas or Rao's in Amdars. So earlier as a Maharaja, you were given, I believe, a 21 gun salute. And then, depending on your status, they reduced their gun salute also. Uh, since you are not the king, as for the British, you can't use the 21 gun salute. So it's very interesting. But officially, the number that I have is... 565 princely states in India at the time of independence and many of them were controlled by the Viceroy of India to provide public service and tax collection. Only 21 major ones had actual state governments and among them there were only four that were large. Hyderabad state, Mysore state, Baroda state and Jammu Kashmir state. And one of the biggest talked about achieve or not so talked about achievements about the independence was that all these were integrated into India without much violence or without making too much noise except Jammu and Kashmir unfortunately and except the partition but within two years it was Sardar Vallabhai Patel and Mr. V.P. Menon who it was called the, the best partnership between a bureaucrat and a politician both of them had immense respect for each other and they were given the task of integrating all these states into India and it was said, I read this on Quora, and the person who has put this up has given a lot of links, so I would like to believe it is true. They said that certain princely states who, princes, can I say princes? Plural, of prince. Yeah, so yeah. the ones who, who had two minds or did not want to exceed his throne, Sardar Vallabhai Patel resorted to anything from threat to mild negotiations. There was something called as the Operation Polo, again, the, the largest monarchy of Hyderabad. Now, during that time, it was the size of United Kingdom. He refused to join India and he yeah. even applied for the UN membership. So, in April 1948, Sardar Vallabhai Patel sent the Indian Army and it was pretty much a, a threat that if you don't put your weapons down, we are going to munch you over. Of course, that didn't happen and it also was a was a successful retreat by the monarch of Hyderabad. Then there were others like in Junagadh, the Nawab wanted to integrate, he, he wanted to join Pakistan. India simply cut off all the fuel supplies and, you know, transportation links and we sent some troops to the border. Again, he exceeded. Uh So there were a bunch of examples, Jodhpur, Jaisalmer, Lakshadweep, Travancore. All these cases were very different from each other. And yet, using plain negotiation skills of uh, Sardar Vallabhai Patel, we got them all to our side. We don't hear as much about Sardar Vallabhai Patel, right? Because imagine in two years, these two guys, uh, Sardar Patel and VP Menon, they had the task of integration of all these states. As you say, some came in easily. The others, Hyderabad, Tripura also I hear. Tripura and Manipur rulers, they took two years to agree to ascension. And it happened only in 1949 after that. And did you know that when they acceded, right, into government, they got something called as a privy purse. That is a hafta for their upkeep. Right? Because they lost the right to collect taxes and these guys didn't do anything. They needed money for maintenance karcha, basically, right? And hence they were called as political prisoners. Political pensioners, sorry. However, that also went away in 1971. So, as a final step in 1971, the 26th Amendment passed here. All the official symbols of princely states, including titles, privileges, 
hafta that i was talking about pv persians were all taken away from them so 1971 was the last uh, bit of remnants of the princely states that we had in india we haven't heard anything since then yes and at that time we had 25 and with the creation of telangana we are going to have 29 now of course charkhand uttarakhand and all those things have formed did you know that telangana has 20% of india's coal deposits that is another that you're taking it all away from the bigger state andhra pradesh yeah plus the water crisis and all those things those problems are yet to be resolved so it's not not really the end of this controversy oh and we might even have a few more assam one tribal group called the bodo tribal group it wanted a chunk of assam in the northeast to to it wanted to keep out the muslim settlers then there is vidarbha some folks from vidarbha wanted vidarbha to be a separate state so before including telangana there were demands 16 demands to create new states telangana was from andhra pradesh gorkha land should be created out of western bengal kongu nadu from tamil nadu vidarbha from maharashtra saurashtra from gujarat kukiland from manipur ladakh from jammu and kashmir kurg to be created out of karnataka bundelkhand from uttar pradesh mithila from bihar purvanchal from uttar pradesh tulu nadu from karnataka then vindhya pradesh from madhya pradesh harit pradesh from uttar pradesh so these are all the other demands that are pending of course the strongest of the demands are coming from gorkha land and bodo land for assam and vidarbha is the next one coming up wow as some say that it is a good idea to have the states have another 10 or 215 states apparently because average size of our states right now is 35 million which is a little hard to govern administratively yep well not so good times for the ipl right now because delhi police on tuesday has filed a charge sheet and has named daud ibrahim and chota shakil as kingpins who has the conspiracy and they have also named the rajasthan royal players in it including shrishant ajit chandalia and ankit chavan it's a 6000 page charge imagine shrishant's nightmare to be included in the breath of dauds of the world exactly and now and that is the worrying part right rahul dravid and harmeet singh they are part of 168 list of witnesses and all the accused including daud ibrahim chota shakil shrishant ajit chandalia ankit chavan they have been booked under the makoka which is the maharashtra control of organized crime act and also the ipc for cheating and criminal conspiracy now if these charges come true all these guys are for life sentences what are you talking about for fixing a match for fix because it was done along with the underworld yeah organized crime so they might go in for life now i know how it gets to 6000 pages is because the charge sheet includes the verbatim the telephone intercepts that they have voice sample forensic reports confession statements however so while cbi has done this bcci's panel which was investigating the bet fixing scandal including shrinivasan and mayyappan and kundra have given everyone a clean sheet <laughs> <laughs> we are the kings we are bcci we can do so, what we want and exactly to which bombay high court just went no 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 that's not happening what you have done is illegal and completely unconstitutional by setting up that two member pro panel that you have and that was complete hogwash because a public interest appeal was filed and they have rejected the clean sheet given by bcci asked them to do it properly 
What's the next thing that we have? Talking about cricket, right? Uh, India was playing, has just won a, a complete whitewash of Zimbabwe in Zimbabwe. 5-0 win. Um, however, the sad part is that Rasul, the first Kashmiri cricketer, didn't get a chance. Parvez Rasul didn't get a chance to play at all, which has received some criticism from the likes of Omar Abdullah, Shashi Tharoor and many other people. He'll get a game sooner or later. It doesn't matter if he was taken to Zimbabwe and not played. That is what I think Omar Abdullah tweeted that why take the trouble of taking him there and not making him part of the squad. That has happened before. It's just, it's a, it's a cricketing decision, I guess. Whoever the selectors were on the tour, they picked the playing 11. Yeah, they could have chosen him in the last, probably once we had won the series, he could have had a game. But if it's 24 years old, he'll get one sooner or later. And hence the question, right? This was almost like the perfect setting. You're leading 4-0, the weakest opposition. They're ranked 10th in the rankings. We are number one. The team was in form. Putting in Rasul instead of, say, Raina or someone else, that wouldn't have made India lose the game. And of course, what is happening is that the Kashmir angle is coming in (laughs) out here, saying that just this simple act would have won a lot of brownie points for India from a Kashmir point of view. How a Kashmiri is now also part of the Indian cricket team, blah, 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 blah. That's probably a good thing, isn't it? As in, he's just another player in that Indian squad and not a guy from Jammu Kashmir. There have been cases where Nayan Mongia has been flown to Australia and not been given a game because there was a better keeper in the side. He might, for all we know, uh, people are waiting for, for a bigger stage like South Africa when we tour next in the next few months and they'll give him, throw him the ball, make him play a test match. Who knows? Let's see what happens. However, I think they lost a golden opportunity of having him debut without having a big impact on the series result or on the game result. And plus the others could have done with some rest. And he's done well. He's done brilliantly. He scored. He took 7 for 41 in about 4 months back in the Ranji Trophy. That's his best first class performance. He took 33 wickets at 18.09 is what I'm reading on Crick Info. To finish as the third highest wicket taker among spinners in the 7 Ranji Trophy that he played. And he also scored 594 runs with 2 centuries. Ha, that's, he should have been picked, man, seriously. This, kind of, this <laughs> performance. On second No, it, it was Zimbabwe. Come on, just give him a game. The coach of Zimbabwe sent uh, his team to get advice from Indian cricketers. Go talk to them. You might probably learn something. This entire tour was of complete opposites, right? ODI ranking 1 versus ODI ranking 10, which is probably the lowest or is, uh, yeah, 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 it is the lowest, yeah, right? It is. The Zimbabwe cricket is in absolute bankruptcy right now. Right? They have to do their own carpools, the players. They don't have uh, money for dinner at the hotel. They are served a buffet at the venue itself, that is at the stadium. So when Indian players leave for the hotel, these guys have to stay back and discuss on their carpool arrangements or public transport ka schedule and have dinner or lunch also at the stadium itself where it is served. So things haven't changed at all, man. As in, this was the case when Andy Flower was the captain of the team back in 96-97. They had to buy their own bats. There was no sponsor for the cricket kit. So that is like the primary thing that you go out there to play or play with. They used to practice with old balls because you know how soon the new ball wears out and you need the new ball. To, to practice with a new ball, you need to be bowling with a new ball Absolutely. as a fast bowler. In fact, when for the last two games, the Zimbabwe team was checked into a particular hotel which is a holiday in there, 
but yet had to travel to the stadiums three times a day for all their meals, breakfast, lunch and dinner. And the other side we have, debutant might be earning as much as the whole of Zimbabwe team put together. Yeah, talking about that, right? Apna grade A central contract gets skipper Apna Virat Kohli close to around 186,000 a year, right? And what his is that? counterpart. Uh, you're talking about dollars. Right, a year. Wow. Right, 186K. And Brendan Taylor, he earns 6,000 a year, which is just 1,000 more than what every member of Indian team is paid for participating in an ODI. Wow. Right, in an ODI. I mean, $5,000 in particular ODI. And besides that... Rasul got that amount, even if he was in play. Exactly. Yeah. And besides that, they also have a match fee. So the match fee is 5,000. They also get a daily allowance of $80. Yes, it was... Uh Competition of opposites. India versus Zimbabwe. They also elected themselves a new president. The same president, I believe. Robert Mugabe, the 89-year-old despot who's been there for 33 years and there is no sign of a coup. He claimed 61% of the 3.5 million votes, which I'm surprised that people do come out to vote, which is which is great. They still have hope, but there was a little less violence this time around is what I read. But uh, yeah, he's back again at 89. So, So what's the problem with this guy? Is he a bad guy? He is probably the baddest mother guy in the world. Oh, is it? Yes. The other day he passed a comment about uh, homosexuality and how it is a sin. Uh, he, he will lock two guys in a room and see if they can produce a child. If they cannot, then they, he will behead them. He is the oh, kind wow. of guy who makes these statements out in the open. And apart from the millions of people who have been killed because of his unorganized genocide by not having enough food supplies and snaffling it all, when he gets a chance, he's been around for a while to do that. Zimbabwe seems to be a pretty strange country. And of course, you remember the $1 million note, which was valid only until the next three months. So that, <laughs> that is a kind of currency devaluation, if that is the word that they have yeah, well, going on there. We shouldn't be the ones to talk about it right now, right? With <laughs> what is the dollar now today? 61 was the highest, 61.17. USD to INR, yeah, it's pretty crazy. So all you NRIs, this will be a good time to donate to Indicast. Yes, <laughs> to, to paper. Well, it's been a while since I made that pitch. I don't even know whether we have a do- PayPal donation box on our website now. Uh, if not, I'll put it up. You can use it or you can still listen to us free. But keep downloading, keep referring us to all your friends. We have an Austrian traveling all over India and he has tweeted back to us saying he discovered us and is is loving it. Oh, good to know. Good to know. Robert Egenhofer. So, Robert, welcome and keep listening. If you want to comment on our website, I will be putting up the comment box very soon. So, please log on to www.theindicast.com to post any comments. Or we will be also posting this link up on Facebook. You can put your comments out there. Follow us on Twitter. Indicast is the hand Twitter name. And I am at Abhishek. Sorry. I am at AC Matre. And Abhishek is at Abhishek Kumar. That's right. That's about it. Bye-bye.